Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and if you listened to last night's post-game show, you may have noticed that Ben wasn't there. We still had some fun without him, but that meant that I got to bring Ben in this morning for this podcast, and I'm really excited about that because it means we get to rehash the entire <laughs> Oregon game again. Um, before we do that, though... A couple more words about the Colorado XOs. They are doing some awesome things down at Infinity Park in Glendale. Uh, They are the new rugby team in Colorado. Uh, You'll remember the Colorado Raptors. Well, after a whole bunch of changes, basically what's happening is the U.S. national team is training in Glendale about 10 minutes away from me. And uh, the Colorado XOs are working at that same facility using athletes from soccer, football, basketball, teaching them to play rugby, um, and hopefully getting them onto that national team eventually. That's cool stuff. You can follow along with Colton Strickler, DNVR Rugby, the podcast, the Twitter account, uh, just everywhere. And it's a lot of fun, so make sure you do that. All right, Um, Ben. Let's just start at the top. Like, how, how are you doing just mentally? Like have you recovered from the loss? Have you made peace with it? Was it not painful in the first place? Because maybe you saw it coming. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I've been saying for weeks that they weren't going to win this game. Um, and I think there is still a little bit of, of pain in there because obviously, you know, they had their chances and to be up the half is a, at the end of the first half is, is a great sign of, of that they were in this game. But it still comes back to even when they were up in the first half and even when they finished up five, I still had my reservations because Oregon is a good basketball team. Colorado, you know, going on the road in Oregon, I projected this as a loss weeks ago when we did our our breakdown of the rest of the schedule. I thought back then that they would split the remainder of the six games. And that's still very much in play. And look, it's tough when it comes on the heels of that loss to Cal. And I think, again, perspective is everything in college basketball. You know, it's tough, but this team is still five and six on the road this season. It's a fantastic mark. They still have a chance to split this road series and split it in the way that most people would have predicted. And with that being said, too, they're still in a great spot in the Pac-12 standings. I, I just don't think that, People should hang their hats on this loss too much because, you know, I, I understand 
you want Colorado to be able to compete at Oregon. But the fact is, is nobody's ever expected them to go into Oregon and win. You know, it's not like it's a, it's the same kind of feeling when you lose against Arizona at Arizona. It sucks because you were in that game at one point, but it was a game you really weren't supposed to win. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely right. I do think, though, that, you know, the the expectations have been changing. Like this season, the expectations weren't what they were last season, and those expectations weren't what they were the season before that. At the same time, though, I'm not sure that the progress has really caught up to those expectations. I think I think for a lot of the season, obviously that was happening, but at this point, it does feel like even though you don't expect a team to go into Oregon and win you also feel that Colorado is a really good basketball team and a team that should compete for Pac-12 title and a team that should compete for Pac-12 title is going to have to go into Oregon and win a game or go into LA and beat USC or or something like that Um, and so I, I definitely agree that that was a tough game and it's not one that you would have circled as one that they win but when you're in the tier that Colorado's in, every loss is just going to hurt. Yeah, it is. Um, I think I think they are right where you said they were. You know, this is a good basketball team, but they're not great. And that's not a stretch of any imagination, but the great teams do go on the road and beat good and, and beat other good teams. You know, good teams normally split these road trips and they defend their home court well. And that's what the Buffs are. And it sucks that this is McKinley Wright's last year because, you know, it is difficult to comprehend that, you know, McKinley Wright, he may only be able to lead this team to a top four finish once, barely by four, you know. And with that being said, though, I don't think that takes away from any of his accolades as far as one of the best players to ever suit up in this program. And on top of that, I I think – They're still doing better than anyone expected them this year. They're still going to be a conference tournament team. And this loss did not hurt their standings in the computer metrics damn near at all. They're still top 20 in Ken Palm. They're 21st in net. It was a game that the computers clearly didn't put much stock in either. And look, we've been saying it all season. A win at Oregon is going to bump you up. You know, a win at Oregon negates the Utah or the Washington loss. And that can bump you up from maybe a seven seed to a six or a five seed. And while they couldn't get it done, and that's a bummer, the realistic expectation is this team is a seven or eight seed. And, you know, to their credit, they're playing like it. They were still competitive in this game. They were competitive in the games against UCLA and Arizona that they lost. So, again, it's all taken with a grain of salt as far as this program may not have the ceiling that even I thought it did earlier in the season. And it's going to be difficult to think about what this team can be like without McKinley Wright next year. But it's all about building that floor and building that consistency because Tad Boyle hasn't had that consistency. So, you know, college programs to elevate them from good to great, it might take a little bit of time for a, for a coach to really get his roots into his new, you know, recruiting areas as far as being good consistently opens your doors to higher level recruits and that raises your ceiling. And, you know, whether or not that happens with coach Boyle or down the road, they try and switch it up. You know, that is complete conjecture, but the point is I'm still completely satisfied with the, where this team is at. They're doing better than most people thought they would. And, 
all hope is not lost. Look, they're on a two-game skid, yes, but it's a two-game skid on the road. If you're not Baylor or Gonzaga, you have lost two games this season. It might not have been back-to-back necessarily, but good teams lose games they shouldn't. Ohio State, who is tracking as a one seed right now, has lost very beatable games against teams like Northwestern and Purdue. So it happens to everybody. If you look outside of the Boulder bubble, if you will, they're right on par with still some of a, a lot of good teams in the country. Yep, uh, I agree. Um, let's get into the game. So obviously, like a lot of things went wrong. Uh, the three-point shooting, the turnovers, uh, the, the shooting from inside the paint. Which of those really stands out to you as the biggest reason why they weren't able to win? It's got to be points in the paint for me. And when you look at, you know, they had three more turnovers, but their points off turnovers was only seven as a difference towards Oregon. You know, that's not good, but it's absolutely manageable. But when you're shooting 34% from the floor, when conversely Oregon is shooting 43, that's just not winning basketball. And they got beat by points in the paint by 14. Those are just the things that, again, that's this team's bread and butter. And that's really how they can get this offense going is when they work the ball inside out. We've talked about that all season long. And I think they know it. But the problem is, is when they just can't get into a rhythm inside, it's just not going to give enough looks for shooters. And, you know, again, the three-point shooting was atrocious. And that's something where, yes, it needs to improve. But in this specific game, that was not the difference maker because they shot almost the same percentage from deep. Uh, Colorado actually hit two more threes than Oregon did. So beyond the arc – needs to clean up. These guys got to get hot soon. Otherwise, they're, they're going to have a f- fast exit in March because, you know, you shoot 22% from deep, you're not going anywhere. But that number, I do think, has a correlation with how they shoot inside. And if they can't find a way to get guys like Evan Batty going, I, it's just tough to see this team making a run, which they are capable of when they're hitting on all cylinders. But Evan Batty, 0 for 4, 5 from the field, it's just – it's unacceptable. He needs to be a guy that's shooting at least 50% from the floor because he is so pivotal to this team's offense. Yeah, and the 0 for 5 is tough. The four turnovers make it even tougher. Yep. That's just a, a whole lot of empty possessions that come from Evan. And and he was far from the only problem. You know, Dallas Walton was only one of five, and, and he had a turnover as well. Obviously, Maddox really struggled again last night. But even though it wasn't necessarily just like one guy who tanked everything, do you get concerned seeing, I mean, really off nights from let's say Dallas from Evan. um, Let's just call it those two for the starters. And then also Maddox off the bench and then Keyshawn as well. You know, when you have four guys like that, that's a lot. Do you think that, you're you're more concerned having seen this game that they aren't going to have enough guys pull it together when push comes to shove no just because they've been doing it consistently enough all season to where i'm not hitting the panic button just yet you know okay. Maddox daniel's going oh for seven i mean i just think you you live with some of those nights from a pure shooter and the other thing though with maddox daniels real quick is this season he has done a lot to become more well-rounded 
he's actually playing good defense and he's a decent ball handler and distributor as well. And he, he actually works to get some rebounds too. So yeah, he's in a bit of a cold streak right now. Um, but obviously he can turn it around. He's shown he can do it. Uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew is one of those guys where he just hasn't shown it consistently all season. So am I concerned more so just because what's going to happen next year when Ken, when Ken hangs it up? That would be where the concern comes for me there. But for just a guy playing nine minutes in the game, I, I think it's still serviceable. I, it, it's just one of those things. Now, for the starters with Walton and Batty, yes, you just got to get better. There's there's no question about it. Those guys need to be your anchors on offense. They need to be shooting at a higher percentage. They need to be enforcing their will on the block because both of them do it in different ways. I mean, for Christ's sake, Dallas Walton can almost touch the top of the backboard without jumping. That's a guy who needs to be hitting a high percentage of looks because nobody can contest it. And Evan Batty is the other way around where he is so big and physical, he should be able to create space based on his body and get some good looks at the rim. If they're not converting, this team will struggle. This is one of the highest rated offenses in the country. But the reason that fans don't feel that way is because – it's just inconsistent from their big men. And until they get that locked down, you know, it's going to be a problem. I will say real quick on that note too, let's all not forget one very important fact here. Jabari Walker is still hurt. And that mm-hmm. kid provided a spark on both offense and on the glass. Now, to last night, you know, they won the rebounding margin by a hefty amount. But his offensive value, especially stretching the floor as a, as a shooter – cannot be undervalued. We talked about it on the first post-game show since he was announced that he'd be out. Um, and it came after a win. And, you know, you thought, oh, Tristan De Silva might really be able to come into his own. He's shown that, no, there is still a little bit of time. He's not going to come in and be Jabari Walker immediately. Mm-hmm. So getting Jabari back is going to raise this team's ceiling. It definitely is. And I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that that's a good point to finish on. Um, in a minute, though, we're going to look through the standings figure out what we're working with with Colorado and then we're going to run through and uh, pick these games on Saturday Uh, and I'm excited about that first though I want to tell you guys about Hassle Cattle Company we brought you damn good beer and now we're delivering to you damn good beef Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country and Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the United States and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu Frank, two jerky flavors. Uh, Their hamburger one food networks, Northeast burger jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and they breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. Uh, So head to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com and use a promo code DMVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DMVR10 for 10% off. uh, And make sure that you get over to hasslecattlecompany.com to take advantage of that deal. Also, uh, it's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but 
That doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week, and if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100, and that sounds like a no-brainer. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and get in on all of the action. Uh, if basketball isn't for you, then DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and so much more. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DMVR to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code DMVR for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply, winnings paid out in four dollars free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Oh, Ben. You have breaking news? Yes, we got breaking news coming down the wire. Of course, while when the listeners get around to this, I guess it won't be as breaking, but Pat Rooney just tweets out, just announced Pac-12 adjusts men's basketball tournament format for 11-team bracket without Arizona. Top five instead of top four will be getting first-round buys, trimming game from opening day of first-round game. So something we've been speculating about all year long, not really a mm-hmm. surprise just based on how the math works out, but now officially official. So right as we're about to talk about the standings, I do think you feel a little bit better then because a top five finish does still get you that first round by, which is pivotal. I just don't want to see Colorado play a bad basketball team because when they do bad things happen and I get that they're coming off a loss to a really good basketball team, but that is just a part of the game. Like sometimes you lose to good basketball teams. If you can avoid playing the bad ones in the tournament, I'm honestly pretty happy. Um, you know, I think we talked about it, um, kind of the difference between that four and five spot. Honestly, there isn't one because those two teams are going to go head to head after getting a bye through the first day. Um, and then the number three team will play the winner of the six and the 11. As it stands now, Colorado's at number four, Stanford's at number five. They're tied at 10 and six. Um, so it really doesn't matter which order they fall. I'm sure that like number four gets to pick the color of their jerseys when they play, but that might actually be the only reason you would care. Um, That plus, I guess Colorado's never finished top four in the pac 12. So there is kind of the emotional (laughs) victory as well. Right. Um, Once you get into that number three spot though, which is where Oregon is, they they're significantly ahead of Colorado at this point. Um, you you need some help, but because they play so few games, the numbers are going to be weird. And if they get a couple of losses, that's really going to hurt them. Um, so that it, it is possible for Colorado to get into that number three spot. If that happens, like I said, the winner of six and 11 right now, that'd be Oregon state versus Cal. Um, so let's just start there. Uh, how, how, what do you think of that difference between three, four and five, how much do you care purely in terms of the matchup that you get um, where Colorado falls? Oh, you want to be four here. Uh, you okay. desperately okay. want to be four because 
being four again, it says, okay, top four finish. You know, there's no asterisk by it. You weren't top four because Arizona was ahead of you. You know, Mm -hmm. you're top four. Um, And the other thing with that too is, you know, there's no asterisk if you're five and say, well, we had a first round by one. So be top four. And you really want Stanford on this first draw because you just, you know, you feel confident. You know, this team is going to feel confident when they play Stanford that they can take care of business. They have a recipe to shut them down. You really, quite frankly, I don't know that you want to be three because you're right. You know, I I don't necessarily want to play one of these worst teams that's playing with house money because the other thing too is, if Stanford continues on the trend that they're doing, I still think they're on the right side of the bubble looking in. Some of these teams like in Oregon State, for example, or even in Arizona State, those are teams that are good, but they're not going to get into the tournament unless they get an AQ. So they are going to be playing with their hair on fire trying to win this thing. You don't want to run into that. That sounds awful. So if you sit there at four, I think you are loving a first round win and and actually being able to compete because then take care of Stanford, get a little bit of your confidence back, and and maybe you could run the table. And even if not, just picking up that early win is just going to help cement your seed in a tournament. Yep, definitely. Um, So one more question about that. You know, the, the difference between three and four, obviously, first round, four plays five three plays the winner of the other game. But in the second round, number four plays number one, assuming everything goes chalk, and number three plays number two. Does that concern you at all, the, the difference between playing USC or UCLA? Oh, I'd absolutely rather play USC than UCLA, just because I know how this team can, can play against them. Um, I, I think, you know, just off the page, you look at the Mobley brothers and everything they're doing there, seven-game win streak, this, that, and the other. It's a fantastic basketball team. But... I, I feel better about playing USC on a neutral court than I would the Bruins or the Ducks. I think Colorado also has the, the pieces in play as far as in their front court to not negate the Mobley brothers at all, but you're also not as worried about foul trouble because for, for playing them, you just need height. You just need size. And so Evan Batty, Dallas Walton, Tristan Silva, Jabari Walker, those are four guys you actually feel comfortable putting in and, and kind of playing on the post just to get in the way um, because yeah. USC's guards don't necessarily scare me. So I think the front court matches up very well there. UCLA and granted, this could change next week when, when they play the LA schools for the final time. But I just think Mick Cronin has the boss number. Um, do not feel confident about that game. And then again, Oregon too, they're just, you know, they're under the radar because of their sample size. But I, I do think Oregon actually could compete with USC in a full normal season. Yep, I agree. Um, Let's jump into uh, these games. This will be the DraftKings pick of the week. Um, And we're actually going to pick all six of these games on Saturday, and we're going to go fast. Um, So starting with the first game of the day, 2 o'clock, ESPN2, Stanford at Washington State. What's going to go down there, Ben? Stanford's going to win. They are, uh, they're in must win mode right now. They've won two in a row. And this is kind of one of their last gimmies for, for those of you who didn't see the new schedule release in the pack. Well, they got a pairing against USC in the first week of March. So their remaining schedule at Washington state versus Oregon versus Oregon state at USC. This is a must win for the uh, Cardinal. Worth noting when uh, we look at that, the, the new games added to the schedule, now Stanford actually has 20 games on the schedule while Colorado only has 19 games on the schedule. So having those two head-to-head wins will not matter. 
um, unless that Colorado Arizona State game gets rescheduled. But that's a tough break for Colorado. Um, next game is going to be at four o'clock. Uh, this is Arizona at USC. Yeah, I'm taking the Trojans. I'm going to ride with the hot hand here. Um, Arizona, I do still think they're a good basketball team, but honestly, over time, I think they're more close to average than, than they were in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think USC's playing good basketball right now. I think that on their home floor, there's no reason to think that they're going to get upset. Um, next up is going to be Colorado at Oregon State at 6 o'clock on ESPNU. Uh, I've got the buffs. Do you have the buffs? Absolutely. They're not going to drop three in a row this season. I sure hope not. I will say that I don't like that it comes up as much as it does. You know, even I'm about to publish a thing. Stay tuned to that, thedmvr.com. Um, but I think even Deshaun said after the game last night, it's like, hey, we're not going to let what happened last year happen again. We we understand what and it's like, okay, I really – I understand the comparisons. You've lost three straight with three to go and, or I guess two straight with three to go it would be five. Um, but yeah, it's, it's on some people's minds, including maybe in the locker room. And I don't necessarily love that. Uh, next up is going to be a seven o'clock game. Pac-12 network, Utah at Oregon. Yeah, this is another one where I, I'm not going to pick away from Oregon. The ducks have a lot to play for. And also it's a good team. Um, so I'm not going to pick against the Ducks. They've got a lot to play for, and they know they're capable of it. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if Oregon wins out this season. I know. They, they're playing really well, and I think that if Colorado fans haven't been paying a lot of attention to Oregon, they maybe don't realize how impressive it was that Colorado made them look like they looked last night, only scored 60 points. Um, Two more games, both at eight o'clock. First, Cal at Washington on ESPNU. Yeah, you know this is a uh, interesting <laughs> matchup. You know, you've got three and fourteen in the conference. Cal against three and thirteen Washington. Um, Somebody gets I'm a gonna, win. I, I'm going to take Cal. I, I love. I think Matt Bradley gives them that X factor in this game. I I don't know when you're picking between two bad teams. I think. I just would instinctually go with who's got the bigger star. And I think Matt Bradley, he's shown he can carry Cal to wins. Um, and I also think he matches up pretty well in the zone. I think he can get to the free throw line probably 10, 15 times even in this game. I, I just about took Washington solely for the sake of having a pick that we disagree on, but I just couldn't do it because you're <laughs> absolutely right. Um, one more game, also at 8 o'clock, ESPN2, Arizona State at UCLA. You know... <laughs> There is something about this game that just makes me think that the Sun Devils are going to pull one out. So I haven't, I don't think I've picked an upset yet today. Uh, I guess Cal over Washington might even be an upset. I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Sun Devils in this one. They're, I still think they're an explosive team. Um, you know, Remy Martin is capable of dropping a lot in a hurry. I, I think it's possible. Um, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't put my money on it if I were you, but just strictly from picking games, let's go to Sun Devils. Let's mix things up. Pac-12 needs a little bit more drama outside of Colorado. Yep. I, I like it. At the very least, I like that Arizona State spread. I think that they're going to make UCLA work. Again, UCLA without Chris Smith is not what it was. Yeah. Um, let's actually, real quick, go with the Monday games too, since there's some on the schedule. Right. Um, Stanford at USC, Oregon State at Utah. What are you thinking? 
Um, you know, I, I do think USC wins. Um, I, I think USC is rolling. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of people that can get in their way. I still, I think the buffs have a good chance. I really do. They're so big but, in the front court. Yep. But outside of that, you know, I, I think they're only, uh, I think their only potential losses might be Colorado. And then that matchup against UCLA, just because that, you know, that, that seems like they'd split the series. Um, yeah. the other game was, you say Utah at Oregon state, uh, at Utah, but yeah, at Utah. Um, yeah, oh God. Yeah. There's another one where it's like, <laughs> You know what? I'll take the run and mutes. And again, for me, this is just because I think if it's close, I, I, I'm not going to bet against Alfonso Plummer after what I've seen from him in just three games. Um, but that being said, that actually should shape up to be a pretty decent game um, with, with a decent amount on the line as far as Pac-12 conference seating goes for those two teams. Definitely. And again, hopefully Colorado takes care of business on Saturday, but that could be a big game for bus fans too, because if the Buffs lose, they're ten and seven in conference. Oregon State all of a sudden is eight and eight. You start to see a path there if Oregon gets to nine and eight on, or Oregon State gets to nine and eight or whatever I just said on Monday. I um, do believe if Colorado wins, I do believe they secure a top five finish. Yeah, since Arizona's right. out, so if, if they win, they should lock up that top five finish and get a first round bye. Again, it's got a little bit of an asterisk, but you know, for Christ's sake, we're in a pandemic. Let's give <laughs> let's give Tad Boyle this one. <laughs> Seriously, all right, uh, that's good stuff. Uh, you guys can hear from Ben again tomorrow on the DMVR Buffs post game show, which will be going live after Colorado plays Oregon State and hopefully wins. Wouldn't that be nice to have a nice happy? Saturday night at the DMVR bar. Um, we'll stay tuned. Hopefully that happens. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you then. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like it. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it. Tribal Big 12, here we come, we ain't
revival Get them thugs, get them bugs, mess them up, we say we got them If we don't, then we'll get them when we see them Then we act like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad Holly, get them bugs with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag